Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm glad you guys are here. We've got a special show. I'm going to be talking to Brittany Turner, and you guys are going to be totally blown away and inspired by her story. She's got some pretty crazy, amazing things going on in her business that I saw her in an interview, and it's just blown away. She's 27 years old, probably the youngest, most successful woman in real estate investing and development, I would guess, in the United States. She's got a huge business in Nashville. And we're going to talk with her about that and ask her some questions. And she's doing a lot of really cool charity work because um, she understands what's really most important. And she's doing some really good things. So just want to, again, direct you guys first to our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. We've got a lot of really cool free resources for you there. Check it out. And please leave us a review on iTunes. I always ask you guys to leave us a review in iTunes. Um, it really helps uh, with our ratings and, and helps us become more known so more people can find us and listen to this podcast. We appreciate all of you. So, Brittany Turner, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. I first saw your interview um, with a pastor named Rick Joyner, and I was blown away. My dad actually sent it to me, and uh, you actually went to the same Bible school that my brother went to, Although I think he gra- he was telling me he graduated about a year before you did, so you guys never met. And it's a really good school out in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you, were, you, were, you were talking with Rick about some pretty amazing things. God's really blessed you with a, a business that uh, has allowed you to give back a lot. But guys, let me just introduce you a little bit more. Her company right now, Aerial Development, does over $50 million a year in revenue and has over $95 million in developing assets. And actually today she's closing on a $7 million property, and she told me in advance that uh, if she has to, uh, if she gets a call or a text, she's going to have to hang up. <laughs> I can understand. That's a big deal, so that's totally cool. Uh, Brittany, if you want to interrupt me anytime, you know, please do that. Um, I, I liked what you called yourself a, a social venture real estate company, a social venture Real estate company. Now you're, you're 27 years old. Um, you started off in this business. I'm going to ask you some questions about this. Like you started off living in a car, $35,000 in debt uh, to start this business, and you've just grown incredibly fast. You're the biggest development company in Nashville right now. And um, I saw you with a picture of uh, you and uh, Richard Branson. Did you? <laughs> yeah. That was so cool. You actually uh, flew out to his island. Yeah, I've spent two weeks there now. Two weeks, wow. Two weeks on Necker Island, becoming, getting really inspired uh, by one of the legends yeah. of social enterprise and oh, yeah. uh, changing the world as we know it. So I'm, I'm reading one of his books book. right now. Yeah, he's Which one? Oh, uh, The Virgin Way. I'm listening to that one right now, too. Oh, yeah, that's cool. So your, your website, guys, if you want more information about Brittany and her company, is aerialdevelopmentgroup.com, and you spell Ariel, A-E-R-I-A-L, A-E-R-I-A-L, developmentgroup.com. So, Brittany, will you talk a little bit about your story? You were, um, you, somebody told you that 
you could buy rental properties and live off the income from that. Could you talk a little bit about yeah. your story? How you got started? So I had a I had a dream when I was twelve, and ever since then I wanted to be a missionary in Africa. Yeah. And so I I, I knew that I was going to be poor for the rest of my life. I thought. I just needed to find a husband willing to live in Africa with me mm-hmm. right. <laughs> for the rest of my life. Um, so I went to Africa in high school. I actually worked five jobs at a time all through high school to pay for mission trips during the summer. Wow. And I went, went to Africa and realized I really wasn't making a huge difference going over there. Like you can feed people, you can build a school. It was cool, but it wasn't life-changing. And you have one life. Why not yeah. make a bigger impact? I ended up going to the school called Morningstar. Um, and I'm sitting in class. And it's really a leadership school that also has a survival school attached to it. So yeah. I'm learning how to survive anything and everything that gets thrown at you at the same time as learning these leadership skills. Because I wanted to be prepared to go live in Africa. Yeah. So I hear that one day, because they bring in speakers from all over the world to come talk to us about different leadership things, and this one guy who's a millionaire is going to come in and teach our class. And I thought to myself, I don't want to hear that. Whatever this greedy rich guy has to say this is not going to apply to my life. So I actually skipped the first day of him coming in and talking. Wow. The second day I had to go because I had missed too many days. <laughs> uh, he was talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So he was talking to the, the class, and I was actually being kind of disruptive in the class. It was very disrespectful. And I'm embarrassed about that, I know. Huh. <laughs> and he said, who in here has ever had to raise money for a mission trip? And I raised my hand. And he said, who in here hates having to send out those begging sponsorship letters? And I was yeah. like, me, I hate it. He said, did you know, this is 2007, by the way, you can buy a house with no money down, and if your mortgage payment is $900 a month and you rent that out for $1,200 a month, you get to keep that $300. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They said, do that 10 times and you can live anywhere in the world helping whoever you want and you never have to send one of those sponsorship letters again. Wow. Wow. And I was like, genius. Absolutely genius. So I'm 18. I'm working as a waitress. And I think back then you could fog a mirror and get a loan. So I bought my first house. I tried not to tell my parents. I just wanted to buy it on my own. And I did. Yeah. And I rented out the other bedrooms to other students. Did and you Did process, you finance it out? Did you get a finance, a mortgage? Yeah, I got a loan. It was 2007. Oh, wow, okay. That. All right, that's right. So 18 years old, bought my first house, and in the process of buying it, I, I, I grew up without TV. I grew up without, like, anything. I did not know about this world at all. But I learned you could do this thing called flipping houses, hmm. and you could make, like, $10,000. That was the most money I've ever heard in my entire life. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And if you save that, if you save those $10,000 chunks, you can buy an apartment complex and make like $10,000 a month. Then when you get to Africa, you can build orphanages. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I need to do. Wow. So I, I promised myself then, because that was the biggest, the biggest I could think, that I was going to be owning an apartment complex before I turned 26, and then I'm going to move to Africa. Hmm. 
So I started off on my journey, 2007, the best time you could possibly get into real estate, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, Wrong-o. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so I struggled. Everything I touched for three years was a total failure. I wow. was just like starving. I had to start waiting tables again. It's a, it's a long story. Everything was went horribly wrong. So what Not were everybody you, in my family was very supportive. Brittany, what were you trying to do? Were you were you trying to fix and flip? I was trying to learn how to flip, yeah, rehab. I was okay. trying to learn how to rehab houses. And I, I called all the We Buy Houses signs. I said, I'll work for you for free. I just want to learn because I, I got online and I was like, what colleges teach real estate investing? Wow. And nothing popped up. Right. <laughs> I was so naive. I had no idea. And so when I told my family I wasn't going to college because they didn't teach what I wanted to learn, they weren't very happy about that. So, so did you buy any books or courses? Oh, I bought every book. I bought every course. But it was 2007, 2008, 2009. Yeah. And nothing was working. Everything was just going down in a handbasket. So yeah. um, I'm waiting tables, and I'm at the Cheesecake Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina, and after, I needed to make like $350 to make my mortgage payment that night, the next day, actually. And I, I prayed. I was like, oh, God, I really, really want to wanna make this money. I know you're going to help me make it. <laughs> after at the end of a double shift, I had made $7 in change mm. after nine hours. And I threw my hands up at God, and I said, what the heck? I'm smarter than this. Why am I here? Because I was studying every book, every real estate book I could get my hands on, like 12 hours a day. Like wow. I would work and then I would just study and I wouldn't get any sleep. I just had to, I had to learn this business. This is what I wanted to do. And I heard loud and clear when I had yelled that at God, because I want to bless you. And I was like, really? Really, God? And I don't care, <laughs> podcast listeners, what you believe. This is my story. Yeah. So that's right. I, I walk know. away. <laughs> I walk away and I went up to the host and said, please send me home. Right as these two guys and a lady walked in and I said, "Never mind. please give me this table. I need $5. I don't care. I ended up talking to these people and this guy had on his wedding ring finger, like it looked like a class ring type thing. And it had a logo on a house and on the side of the ring, it said the millionaires club. I could barely see it, huh. but I perked up. I was so excited. I said, are you real estate investors? And they look at me and they're like, yes. I said, I'm going to be a real estate investor someday. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 20, I'm 20 at the time. And they're like, yeah, right. You probably read Cosmo Girl magazine. I said, actually, I read Success magazine. Yeah. They were a little, they were a little surprised. I said, you probably are listening to Hanson on CD in your car. I'm like, Hanson, really, guys? I said, actually, <laughs> I'm listening to Think and Grow Rich, the audiobook. Uh-huh. So they kept asking me these questions. They were so impressed that they said, you know, we actually put together conferences for real estate investors to come speak at, and we would love it if you came to our next conference. We just want to help you get your career started. Yeah. So I went to the conference, and long story short, I spent the last dollars available on my credit card <laughs> taking speakers to dinner and just picking their brain. And I, I had learned over the three years of starving yeah. that you give first. Mm. When you don't have money, you still find a way to just give first, be a blessing, and find a way to serve people um, with your time, skills, whatever you can do. Yeah. And some, uh, one of the speakers 
was telling another speaker that he needed an assistant in Nashville. Hmm. He got all these deals piling up on his desk. And if only he had someone he could teach how to manage all these deals. <laughs> wow. And he, that would be his perfect assistant. And I was like, me, you don't even barely have to pay me. Hmm. I don't care. So I moved to Nashville two weeks later, rent my house out uh, to some people on Craigslist. And I took the job, even though it was $650 less than the minimum on my credit cards. I had no money. I'd been surviving on credit cards while, like, I was trying to get the business off the ground wow. for three years. Yeah, so yeah. $35,000 in debt and credit cards. I took the job, and I, I move out, and I'm in Nashville. The first 30 days after I found out my the first month's rent check bounced for my house in Charlotte, so I'm having to evict these guys, pay the mortgage, hmm. figure out a way to, like, pay these credit card bills after the first 30 days, I got fired. No way. Um, for the job I moved across the country for. No I was way. I so upset. Oh, I get fired. Everything was going wrong. And uh, the day I got fired, I met these guys that were rehabbers. And I said, again, remember, keep in mind my financial situation. It's horrible. And I'm a total failure, by the way, too, and I had no support. No family, no friends, nobody cared about, I mean, nobody said I was, what I was doing was right. Because, again, the world is crashing. Real estate's not where you should be trying to go. Yeah. But I meet these guys, and they were doing all these deals, and I said, hey, guys, can I work for you for free? Wow. <laughs> And so I ended up, uh, they, they let me work for them for free, and they, I learned how to find deals. I learned how to manage a crew. I learned how to design them, what vendors to use. And I survived by getting my real estate license and uh, managing all their rental properties for them. Wow. So I, I rehabbed them with my own hands, and I just filled them up, and I got a percentage of the cash flow, and that was just how I survived. But at this time, I was living in my car. How long a, How long did you money. live in your car? It was on and off for nine months. Holy smokes. But hey, I've been through survival school. I can figure this out. So I'm working for free, and um, I learned the business. It was so great. They knew I wanted to learn the business, and they were extremely helpful. It was so great. I made them a ton of money, and at the end of nine months, um, I said, all right, I want to. I found this deal. I found all the money. I learned how to find investors. Mm-hmm. I'll manage it. I'll design it, and I'll use my license to sell it. The commission was like six thousand dollars, and I said, all I want for doing all that is four thousand dollars. I just, I, I finally need to try to try to be a partner on this deal. Yeah. They had to think about it for a couple of days. Really? <laughs> they did, but they did say yes, and the deal. Um, the deal happened, of course, hit, hit the normal bumps in the road, but the learning in a safe environment was really helpful for me. For sure. So they technically had all the risk, but they got my free labor, and um, that's a really great way to get in. Yeah. Uh, again, don't just use people and then become their biggest competition. Work for them and see how you can serve them and bless them yeah. as you are growing in your career. So um, at the end, I ended up only walking away with $3,000 and spent 2000 of the $3,000 sending them and their wives on a cruise to say, thank you for being the first people to believe in me. Wow. I really appreciate it. And again, you have to have this heart of being disconnected from the survival instincts when you're broke. If you can get there, 
you will make it because this is a very tough business. Depending on what you're wanting to do, I wanted to go big. I wanted this to happen. And I picked a really tough time to get in. And I was also 21 and a girl in the South. It wasn't an easy gig. So after that, I did my very first rehab by myself, January 2011. Not very long ago. January 2011? That's just four years ago. I know. know. Okay. All right. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, So did that, had the seller owner finance it because I didn't have any money, survived on my friend's credit card, did all the work ourselves, and um, everything that could go wrong went wrong. Got robbed the day before closing. They kicked in the doors, destroyed the floors, stole all the appliances. I had to sleep in the house with guns. They came back. It was it was crazy. So just get ready for the Wild West when you get into this business, especially in uh, developing neighborhoods, transitional neighborhoods. Right. That's what I pick right. personally. I, that's what I go for. So after that house closed, again, I've been starving for four years now. Everything, I was just barely making it. But when that deal closed, we made $40,000, and I was off to the races. Wow. And I had so I developed so much grit and I had developed so much internal strength of knowing how to work harder than anybody else without getting paid for right. so long that when that deal hit, I just kind of blew up. I did two. So I did one. Again, you learn in a safe environment, then you do one by yourself, then you do two by yourself. You do four by yourself. You do six by yourself. And, you know, I'm 21. It was not easy to get investor funds to buy this, but a bank's not going to talk to me. So I had built a portfolio while I was working with those other guys. So we did about 10 plus projects while I worked for them. Yeah. And I took before and after pictures. I kept before and after HUDs. Wow. I did an overview of the project and I got to show what me and my team were able to pull off. And so because nobody, I mean, they looked at me and they're like, really? You're 21 and a girl. How, How in the world do you know construction? And I showed them my pretty little book. I was like, well, here's our portfolio. Here's a few of the projects we've done in the last year. Um, and here's how it worked out for the investors. So that gave me the credibility needed to raise funds. Plus, I was more organized than everybody else. Yeah. I had to know this business inside and out to get anybody to believe in me. Yeah. So having that book and then continuing to keep up with it as I started doing my own projects, I had investors come out of the woodwork to work with me. So I did 107 rehabs my first year and a half in the business. Wow. I became wow. the biggest rehabber in Nashville essentially overnight. And um, Well, it wasn't overnight, Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> essentially overnight to people. They were just shocked, like, who is this chick? Yeah. And where's her sugar daddy? <laughs> wow. Everybody's first question. Well, that's probably um, something that not a lot of guys realize. I don't know the right, right word for it. Sexism? that you must have gone through to get where you are. But that could be a whole episode in and of itself, but that, that can't be easy, <laughs> is it? Yeah. It was not an easy thing, but you know, it was good for me. I'm not going to sit here and whine about it. It's, I've, had, I've had bankers say, why are we going to give this ex-beauty queen X amount of millions of dollars? How could she possibly know the business? When wow. Truly, I've had to be 10 times more diligent than anybody else just because I've had to overcome that. So I'm I'm grateful for everything I've had to overcome because I have the grit that yeah. everybody else gets knocked out of the business. I'm just going to be here. 
and able to take it, very solution-oriented, very creative. There's nothing we can't overcome as long as we put our minds together and choose to find the answer. You, you, there's always a way. You just haven't figured it out yet if you feel like there's no way. There's always a way. Sure. So 2012, June 2012, I had a contractor steal a million dollars from me. Wow. And I did not have a million dollars to steal <laughs> wow. at the time. Um, it, it, people are always asking, well, how did you, how did he steal a million dollars? So I had eight rehabs with him going at one time and he, it all blew up. I'm trying to be fast, but it all blew up in one day when I told him I'm not going over budget anymore. You can't, you've signed a contract for this. This is ridiculous. Getting out of hand. You can't just keep telling me later yeah. that, oh, well, we need to add $30,000 to my 62. I've done it like three times with you now. You just can't do this. So, and the sub, the sub started acting weird, but apparently he hadn't paid the subs for three months and told them that I hadn't paid them. And I had paid him every dime when I hadn't paid him. I had paid every dime and I had like personally sacrificed a ton just to make sure that they got their payments on time. I know these guys were paycheck to paycheck. So everything went bust in one day. He went back, stole the materials off the job site. I found out he had fake building permits. He had like PDF reader built, made his own uh, building permits. And um, I got hundreds of liens all over these properties, which oh were my. pre-sold, by the way. Oh he had put like a third, fourth roof on different houses. I had to re-gut the electric. It was, it was a nice. And you always want to think that in your darkest hour, you're going to do the right thing. But you don't know until it's your darkest hour. Yeah. And I want to just say I'm proud. <laughs> the only thing I cared about was my investor. I knew that I would make it because I've made it through anything that's happened. I mean, I'm going to survive. I'm not going to, my body's not going to die. Even though I felt like it was, Yeah. I will figure this out. Even if I have to just go live in my car again for a while, but these investors, they believed in me and yeah. I haven't had a lot of people believe in me my whole life. So to pe- have people believe in you so much that they actually put their money where their mouth is, is, truly proving themselves. I know that they're technically hard money lenders. Like that's not the way the loans are set up. I could technically walk away, but these people weren't set up to take over these loans and I knew it. So I just, I didn't know who had been paid, who had not been paid, what work had been done, what hadn't been done yet, where any materials were. Everything's going up and getting 200 phone calls a day of angry people. Wow. And I just put my boots on and I went out there and I figured it out. So I want to encourage you, when things go wrong, put your boots on and get out there and figure it out. And take care of your investors. Yeah, that's really important. That's the number one priority. Well, that's how we blew up so fast. Mm -hmm. But I thought that my investors would never talk to me again because under my watch, I let this horrible thing happen. Yeah. Apparently, I didn't do something enough because this happened under my watch. And they're never going to work with me again, but let me just get them paid back. The opposite happened. Hmm. They saw that this happened to me. They understood. I'm sure it was my fault in some way. I could have done something. But they said, Brittany has our back. No matter what happens to her and how little she makes, she has our back. Mm -hmm. So let's put all of our money with her. Let's bring our friends' money in and our parents' money in. And whatever we got to do, 
to support her because our money's safe. Wow. I never would have thought that would happen, but that helped me launch into the next phase, which was new construction. And five months later, after everything hit the fan, we were five we were five times bigger. So I got into new construction, which is way easier to scale sure. than rehab. And what year was and this? Became, 2012. Okay. And we became the biggest infill developers in Nashville over the next year. Wow. I keep going back to Africa every year and um, got involved with Horizon Initiative, which is a self-sustainable orphanage company. I like that they um, that they have a model where the kids are self-sustainable after hmm. they leave, leave the orphanage, meaning they don't go back on the street. They either get their school funded, they get their their startup business funded, or they learn they're taught how to farm and we buy them a piece of land. And um, there's just so many different self-sustainable pieces to their model. I'm so excited about it. I want to template it and take it all over the world. So going back and forth to Africa, it's so funny where every time I go there, I learn so much about my business when I go over there that it just changes the way they do everything. So I go to Africa and I'm, I'm looking at how much building an orphanage changes the community and how it really brings life, jobs, opportunity. They instantly become like the wealthy section of town because there's jobs. And um, our orphanages have big gardens, chickens, a chicken farm, a cow farm, or a tilapia farm, and a school that we can bring people in from outside the community where they pay for classes yeah. and learn you know, how to use a computer. But where we sell uh, the food in the marketplace. And at one point we actually had $11,000 us coming in per month to the orphanage. Wow. Which, which funded itself. So we're, we're working on making it totally on its own, not needing any kind of donations, just a self-sustainable orphanage. So that's, that's cool. But I, I saw how important it was to have the orphanage be beautiful. Yeah. And what it does to the mindset of people who were born in garbage. Yeah. And I came back and I said, well, if I started having these ideas. You know, real estate was just a means to an end for me. I just wanted to hmm. make enough money to have cash flow to go move to Africa. But the more I prayed about it, I'm like, dang it. That was my whole thing. That's why I worked so hard to be done before 26. Was, I was going to quit by 26. But I realized real estate was then my tool to change the world. Yeah. Now I can learn how to develop a third world country because that's how they have opportunity. That's the job that they need. They're selling their kids into sex slavery for $25 because there is no banking system. Like mm. it's horrible. Yeah. And it's so easy to fix. Wow. So I came back and said, if I was going to practice developing a third world country, how would I do that? And so I picked the urban core. The urban core is where there's a lot of, Old homes, they're run down, there's a lot of crime, garbage everywhere. People don't really want to be in these neighborhoods. And I said, well, nobody wants to be here, but this would be great practice. If I can turn this neighborhood around and make it cool in the comfort of my own backyard in America where there's resources, then I could, it would be good practice to do overseas. Hmm. So I picked that right before I realized (laughs) we did not know that it was going to be 
sweeping the nation as one of the hottest trends in real estate investing you could ever pick. And uh, Nashville actually just won hottest real estate market in the nation. Wow. Um, and where we do it is the hottest areas in the hottest part of the nation, <laughs> in the hottest country in the world. We're so blessed. It just worked out really well. So we started, um, you know, I've rehabbed one house, and then you do two on a block, and that's cool. But I figured out the way to change a neighborhood, you start by getting the drug dealers out. Mm-hmm. So we'd work with the police. We'd look at crime stats. And how do you get drug dealers out? Buy their house and tear it down. Done. Pretty easy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we get, the, we get the drug dealers out so the area has a chance to change. Hmm. And a lot of times those drug dealers actually have a chance to change themselves because they're no longer around their same group. Right. Um, and then we do a street cleanup. And so the garbage is off the street. The atmosphere is cleaner. And then we'll actually pressure wash houses that need it, um, fix up houses we don't even own, do some yard work, just be a blessing to other people that really make the neighborhood look horrible. So you clean that up. And then um, at the same time, we're, we're buying up as many houses as we can in an area so that we create our own comps and our own standard of quality. Yeah. So we have one neighborhood where we've done 79 houses over the last nine months. Wow. And if you look on the map in Nashville, that's the fastest appreciating section of town now. How many square blocks is that? Three. Oh, wow. I know. It's not many. It's a small area, but uh, we've totally transformed. It's now one of the hottest places everybody wants to live. And houses we barely could get rid of for 320 nine months ago, we're now selling for 500. So that's, uh, fun neighborhood transformation, and we've we've then moved to okay. Not only the money is going to a good place, but how can we have our day to day? The way we develop is is good. It, it changes the world as just the way we develop. So not only are we transforming neighborhoods, making them safe again, creating healthy places, but we're trying to address social needs yeah. through our development. So if it's workforce housing or um, density, uh, health and wellness communities, it's really cool. Tennessee is uh, number four in the nation for most obese states. Really? So we've got a 62-home development that I'm about to start um, that is a health and wellness community. It's totally designed around health and wellness. So I could go on and on about that. But um, it's been really fun to be able to make a difference and make money at the same time, just like Tom's shoes. So I challenge everybody on this podcast, listening to this podcast, to how can you make a difference in the world at the same time that you're making money in whatever you're doing? So start looking deeper and, uh, and get creative. Man, that's inspiring. Holy cow, Brittany. I had no idea that you're doing all that stuff. Just having... Making a difference and making money at the same time, it can totally be done. I was thinking of a book that I read um, probably 12 years ago, and it, it's, been, it's stuck in my mind ever since. It's written by a guy named John Piper called Don't Waste Your Life. And I don't know if you've heard of that author, Brittany, or that book. Mm-mm. But yeah, it's such a powerful book. Thinking about eternity. Thinking about what are you going to leave behind? And why are you actually in business? Why did God put you here? Is it just to make money and, you know, live a life where you can retire on the beach and collect seashells in retirement? I mean, there's so much more. 
there's so much right. more to this life than just doing that. I mean, how depressing. Right. <laughs> if, if you're going to, if you're in business just to live for yourself and make a lot of money so you can get fat and happy, oh, that's, that's, that's depressing. You, so you've also been recognized. I'm looking at your website. Holy smokes. You've got Nashville's top 30 under 30. You were um, named 2014 Woman to Watch from the Nashville Post. And then you were um, given the Hometown Heroes 50 Phenomenal Women of the Year Who Are Making a Difference by Glamour Magazine. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then you were named Entre- or Enterprise Woman of the Year from the Ermond Land Institute in Nashville. And you were also then named the 2015 Enterprising Woman of the Year by <laughs> uh, so like it keeps on going on and on. I'm looking at this looking at this website. There's a there's a few. There's a few. And it's just, you know, it's I I'm the only encouragement I can give everybody on this call is to you know, real estate was not my thing. I was not passionate about real estate. But yeah. I, I did find my passion very early in life and I made this business my vehicle to getting there. And real estate is such a great way. There's not a huge barrier to entry. It does take guts to stay the course. Yeah. Um, this is a very emotional business, which is why there's not a lot of women in it. So women, suck it up. We yeah. can do this. Good, good. <laughs> I'm such I'm winning all these awards and I'm this huge anomaly because I'm alone out here which is stupid because we're great multitaskers and we're made for this business, not yeah. just as the designers, not just as the realtors. We're very good at this. We just haven't seen it done very much. Hmm. And I don't want to be the only one out here. And I'm not a women live anything, but I just think it's, I think it's dumb. I'm one of the only ones doing it. So come on girls. That's right. Come on. <laughs> well said. I mean, we have interviewed several women on our podcast um, one lady in particular I'm thinking of, her name is Wendy Patton. She lives in Detroit and she's doing a lot of really cool things up there and leads a very successful real estate investment group up in Detroit. Um, we interviewed several ladies, but I, I totally agree. There, there needs to be more people like you, Brittany, that are making a difference and inspiring other women, young women especially, to get into the business. And it can be done. I, I mean, kudos to you. I wish I could pat you on the back. <laughs> it's you're doing so many awesome things right now. I, w- I want to ask you as we close this: um, Is there a way that w- uh, you know our, our podcast listeners can help you, Brittany, uh, with the missionary work you're doing in Africa? Is there a website that people can go to, or donate money, or donate time, or what? What are some needs that you have uh, with the, with the work you're doing there? We are involved with Horizon Initiative, okay. and if um, if you want to go through us to kind of get involved, um, I just took my whole staff to Africa in January. That was really fun. And we're looking at potentially taking some more people who want to get involved on a trip next year. But if you want to, um, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning how orphanages work. I want to start our own. I want to uh, grow this one. This is a really great organization to be involved with. 100% of the money goes to um, funding the kids and getting them set up. So it's Horizon Initiative. And if you want to go through us or uh, reach out, then you can, oh, what's the best one? You can go to admin, A-D-M-I-N, at aerialdevelopmentgroup.com. And that's okay. the aerial, that's uh, keeping the big picture in mind 
is where the name came from. Okay. And Good. It's kind of the aerial view. And I will have a link to that, guys, on the show notes. And but those of you listening right now, it's admin, the email at Arial, and Arial is A-E-R-I-A-L, developmentgroup.com. And just contact Brittany's staff and say, listen, I'd like to help, donate, go to the next trip, uh, anything that I can do to help. That would be really, really awesome. And I guess on that email, Brittany, if somebody wants to donate some money, you'll, your staff will, will, will maybe give them a link or some information on how to yeah, do that. Okay. absolutely. Well, great. I appreciate that. Congratulations to you, Brittany. That's so awesome. Your story is inspiring. I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old daughter and two boys that are older. And I'd love to have them meet you someday and uh, hear your story. Hopefully, maybe they're listening to this when they're older. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, they got this. You're you're in a good place for learning real estate investing mastery. I wish um, wish was more well-known when I was starting my journey. I didn't have a lot of places to find this stuff, so I'm excited that there is a network, there's a community, you guys can help each other get started, and uh, I just heard a really great quote the other day, Yeah. and it's, you can run very far by yourself. No, you can run very fast by yourself. You can run really far together. Hmm. Sorry, I watched that. that's, That's good. But it's, that's a tweetable. We have on our show uh, notes tweetables. And so I'll make sure tweetable. that we'll put that on our tweetables. <laughs> People can tweet that. Um, there you go. Well, Brittany, it's well, been you a, to get taken out along. It's been, uh, been a real pleasure. I thank you. I know your time is really valuable and you've been super busy. God bless you. I, I hope you close that, that $7 million deal today with no hiccups, no, uh, no problems at all. And I'm sure it's going to be fine. And, uh, Thanks so much for your time being on our show. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Joe. You guys have a good night. Brittany Turner, ladies and gentlemen, from aerialdevelopmentgroup.com. Go to their website. Send them an email and donate some money to this African mission trip. I think this orphanage that they're doing there, I love the, the, the self-sustainable angle that you guys are taking with that and teaching these kids to, to grow and make a, make a living for themselves, and that's awesome. Okay, guys, thanks. We'll see you all later. Take care. Bye.